it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by... Andrew Sather, and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 108. Tonight, Andrew and I are going to talk about minimalism. Yes, minimalism. We're going to talk about how minimalism can help you in a variety of different avenues of your life. And of course, we'll talk about the stock market and finance and some of that fun stuff. But we're just going to kind of go and see where this takes us. So Andrew and I were talking off air before we got on about this. And I wanted to share some thoughts I had on some how minimalism can help me with, for example, investing. So one of the things that has helped me a lot, and I've gotten this from some of my gurus slash Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Monish Prabhai, among others, Vitaly, um, many of these people. And one of the things that I do is I try to tune out the noise a lot. Uh, I don't watch the news hardly at all. Uh, I don't watch CNBC. I don't have you know Bloomberg TV blaring at me all day long. I just don't pay attention to that stuff. It gets in the way. It distracts me from what I really need to be doing, which is focusing on a company and trying to learn as much as I can about that particular company. And, you know, thinking along those lines, thinking about how I can become smarter, better investor and getting distracted by all the different opinions and, and thoughts of things that go on. For example, you know, FinTwit, that's one of my guilty pleasures, if you will, is going on Twitter and reading all the, you know, stuff that's going on in the finance world from all these people that I follow. And it can be very entertaining sometimes, sometimes for good, sometimes for not so good. And it can definitely take you down a rabbit hole. And I've noticed that if I pay less attention to that and focus more on the things that I'm trying to do to become better for myself, like, you know, writing, you know, trying to get back into writing and writing more and learning as much as I can, reading, reading about things that are interesting to me that I think will help make me a better investor and trying to tune out a lot of this, you know, noise that can happen because you get so distracted and, you know, everything that can go on you know, the news tries to play on our emotions. We all know that. And 
it's no different in the finance world. They, they try to get you excited or depressed or make you feel something about what they're talking about. And that can lead you to making decisions that you don't really want to, to make decisions on. And we've all had this happen to ourselves in our lives, you know, raise our hands. I'm raising my hand of things that we've, you know, made decisions on snap decisions that we later were like, what was I thinking? And it's all happened to us before and certainly happened to me many, many times, sometimes more than I wish. And so I found that by trying to disconnect from some of these kinds of things and having less involved in the finance world, i.e. the social media, the news, uh, reading lots of articles about the, you know, all the goings on with all the different things, trying to ignore some of the macro things that go on in the world as well as the micro things that go on with the world in the world in relation to finance. And I, f- I find when I do that, that I can concentrate better. I can focus more on what I need to focus on but that I think is going to be beneficial for me and try to help teach people as well. And I, it's really kind of helped help me with that. So that's one of the things that I think has really helped me. So Andrew, what are your thoughts on what we're talking about? Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. 
Yeah, we kind of talked a little bit off air about that too. It, it just kind of comes down to this idea that it never ends. So like you're talking about the stream of data never ends. Um, new, All the news never ends. And a lot of the better investors don't focus on that too much. I'll give you an example. I mean, I know obviously we like to rag on analysts a lot and, and the quarterly projections and how much we kind of hate that and just feel like it's a waste of time. I saw something <laughs> to go against what you said about Twitter. I saw something on Twitter about how right now the 10 year yield is, I don't know, two and a half. I, I don't, I don't remember the exact number, but basically um, no major economist was able to predict where the 10 year yield ended up being. So along with like news and, and, and stories and, and all of those things that happen in the macro, just even projections and trying to trying to take something that happened in the past and kind of extrapolate it to the future. Uh, the more and more you realize that it is noise, then the more and more you need to make a conscious effort to to focus your time that you that you spend on on these sorts of activities and, and really limit it i think there's a big push right now in culture in general because social media is so new the the internet's relatively new there's a big push on people trying to limit how much time they waste on social media um, whether that's a winning battle or not i think the influx of information and options applies to so many more things than especially applies to investing as 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 you've said Dave so trying to at least be aware of that battle and trying to fight that one way i do that with myself you mentioned reading books and i like to i have a short list of of podcasts i like to listen to and not and i'm talking about for, so for investing first let's take it for investing I have a short list of podcasts I like to listen to when it comes to investing, and none of them really talk about the news or, or what's being current. A lot of it kind of is very similar to the podcasts that we produce, where it's going to be relevant five years from now, as much five years from now as it is today. It's it's really big picture ideas. And so I guess I'm naturally drawn to that, and I've I've made that intentional decision uh, when i first started out because i i kind of you know it's it's easy to recognize that it, it's it's a it's a never ending battle so uh spending not only time on again the the list is very short but also the type of books that you'll read i try to look for classics so like the if you think about when it comes to reading nonfiction or even some of the best fiction pieces like it seems like there's always a new bestseller in the business world and and there's always so much hype and, and you might see it on tv or, or on the blogs or on twitter or wherever where it's like well here's this new guru who has the hot secret and he's a new york times bestseller and this sold a million copies it's like <laughs> selling a million copies these days is not that hard because there's just a lot more people and a lot more money and a lot more people in business Whereas if you focus on books that 
have been around for a long time, there's a reason that they've stuck around for so long because they've been continued to be recommended. And if it's through decades, that means it's really, really the best of the best of material that it truly is timeless. So when we recommend a lot of books, I think it's no coincidence that one of the books that we recommend the most is The Intelligent Investor. And that one was written in the you know, a lot of editions, but 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever edition you're looking at, that's a book that's really stayed relevant and stayed timeless and, and continues to be a great read because it focuses on those big picture things. And so just like we need to be cognizant and vigilant on what we consume with social media, how much we're consuming, how much of that validation drip we're, we're giving ourselves, um, and, and just like you need moderation in so many other parts of your life, I think you also need to have this mentality when it comes to consuming content about investing. I think it's fine to have your splurges or whatever you want to call it, but really try to evaluate how you're consuming, what you are consuming, and um, how much time you're really spending because time is money, especially... I guess the more money you have, <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Um, and so if you're not thinking about this, I think it should be something you think about. Hey, you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. I totally agree. And, and one of the things that I like about thinking about this way is we only have a, we have a, a finite amount of attention that we can spend on a daily basis on working on just about anything. And I like to think of it as like your battery uh, energy meter that you can see how much you know charge you have left on your phone. I kind of think of my brain as the same way. And so if I only have a certain amount of time to be able to focus on something revolving around finance, do I want to waste it watching the news or going on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, reading a blog post about the news about the stock market as opposed to listening, you know, spending half an hour listening to one of the chapters of the intelligent investor on audible or, downloading the book from the library and doing it that way. How, however it works for you. Would I rather, you know, is my time better invested in doing that than it is, you know, spending on other times? You know, uh, Apple has come out with this cool uh, feature on the new iPhones uh, recently that shows you how much screen time you use on your phone. And at first it's a little jarring because you're like, there's no way I spent that much time on my phone. But then when you realize it, it is. And you can also dive into it and see what kind of app usage you're having, having where you're spending the most of your time. And luckily for me, most of my time is actually spent on my Kindle app or my uh, iBooks apps. Go, I'm actually reading books. So that's good. But um, it's, you know, those kinds of things are, can be very helpful when you're talking about trying to dial back some of the usage of things that you're trying to do. Now, if you're really excited about this, you really are getting into investing and all that kind of stuff. Like when I first did it, I was, you know, all gung ho about it and really wanted to absorb as much as 
information as I could. I think that's beneficial and there is a, a time and a place for all that, but eventually you're going to want to start to narrow the focus and narrow the, the view of what you're trying to absorb because eventually that a lot of that noise stuff falls away. Like Andrew mentioned, you know, the, the long-term value of some of these things, we've talked a lot about the intelligent investor through the entire course of our, our show. And there's a reason for that because it's, it's stood the, the test of time. And a lot of the ideas and the values that are spoken about in that book are timeless and they're relevant today as they were when the book was first written in the thirties and forties. So it's, and it will be in the future and that's why it's constantly recommended. And that's why so many people talk about it, write about it because there's a value to it. The, the, what the news talks about today, if you go on seeking alpha today and looking at the news, a lot of that is going to be irrelevant even next week. And so, you know, spending your time doing those things, has a benefit at a certain point, but after a certain point, it, it starts to lose its relevance to what you're really trying to do and trying to, to remember that you have a finite amount of attention that you can use on a daily basis will help you start to sort through and be choosier about how you want to spend your time. And that also goes to, you know, thinking about watching TV or spending time with your kids or playing your guitar, going for a bike ride or exercising and all those kinds of things. You know, Andrew talked a long time ago about when people go to the gym, how they kind of have this, you know, lack of focus. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to think of a more PC way of saying that, Um, but uh, you know, it's true. I mean, it's, it's so true. And you know, it, 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 it's not just in the weight room. It's just in our lives in general. And, you know, I've been watching a lot of videos and reading a lot of books uh, recently about our attention and our brains and how we use them and how we focus and don't focus on things. And they talk a lot about that, about how people get quote unquote bored. And so they go on their phone and they go on Facebook and they just, you know, their thumb gets tired because they're scrolling for 45 minutes and they're not doing anything. And, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, I have my quote unquote friends moments where I want to go on TV and just watch a mindless TV show for half an hour to just kind of disconnect. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when that becomes, that's what fills up your days with your life. Then, you know, I challenge you to try to find other ways to do things. And I, I think when we're talking about this minimalism, it's, it's, it's a way of life that can help you become more productive with other things in your life and certainly with finance and, and all the other aspects. And I think I'll get off my high horse now. <laughs> I think that was kind of a brilliant way to wrap it up. I think in true minimalism form, there's not much more I can add. I liked what you said about really taking a budget on your time and, and kind of understanding that if you want to get the results that you want, you got to become the person who can get those results. And so, like you said, if you can be more efficient with your time, you're going to, the chances of you getting better results are better. And so use that as another tool in your arsenal other than just having a lot of money and investing it. Yep, I agree. Yep. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to throw at you guys, if you, if this is something that is of interest to you and you guys want to learn more about this kind of idea, there are 
two authors in particular that I'm familiar with that have read a lot. Uh, one is James Clear. Uh, he talks a lot about habits and how we focus and attention and those kinds of things. And another one is uh, Cal Newport. Uh, he talks a lot about this as well, uh, digital minimalism, as well as how we need to utilize the attention that we have. And they're They've both written great books. They have uh, blogs that they do and lots of articles that they, they do. So that would be a great place for you to check out some more information about that. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion on minimalism. And hopefully you guys enjoyed everything we talked about. And go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on safety. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.